welcome to Monologues by Hassie, where I'm going to be dropping unsolicited brain dumps from the depths of my grey matter. I'll talk about life, money, society, and self-development, plus whatever else lies up there, whilst hopefully not getting cancelled in the process. This week, I was driving from Sydney to Canberra. It's about a three hour drive and there's a long motorway in the middle, about a hundred or so kilometers. And on that motorway, I happened to be speeding. I was careless. I was listening to a great audiobook. I had left home at 5.45 in the morning. It was a Wednesday, so it wasn't one of the busier days in terms of Sydney to Canberra traffic because most people traveling to Canberra would be traveling on a Sunday or a Monday, you know, trying to get there for the work week and they'd be coming back on a Friday. And there just weren't that many cars around and I was speeding, being careless, enjoying my audiobook, $100 million leads by Alex Hormozzi. Great book. I'm glad I was listening to it. But at the end of the day, I was being careless and there was a point where I saw these flashing red and blue lights behind me and I got pulled over and the officer said, you're speeding. He took my license. He came back. He said, uh, you're going to receive a $250 fine in the mail and you've lost three demerit points. And so I lost $250 because that's my fine and I lost three demerit points. And for those of you who aren't from any Australian states, what demerit points are is we have a certain number of points and once the points on our license drops to zero, then we have our licenses suspended. And when you're suspended, you can't drive. And obviously the penalty for my one speeding offense does not result in me being suspended, but it is a loss of some sort of currency. And it really got me thinking about loss aversion because I've been reading Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. And as humans, we are always afraid of losses, like losses to us hurt more than the pleasure we get from a gain of the same magnitude. If I were to give you $5 versus if I were to take $5 from you, you would probably have a stronger emotional reaction to me taking $5 from you. Why? Because it, it makes a lot of sense if you consider where humans have come from. We came from areas where food and resources may have been scarce. It may have taken intense amounts of energy to hunt a wild animal or to find the next watering hole. And for these reasons, we're just programmed. Our system one brains, as Kahneman calls it, right? That kind of lizard brain that makes snap decisions, that makes shortcuts, defaults to being very averse to losses. Losses hurt us deeply. And that got me thinking. And in that moment, I was quite calm. You know, I received my speeding fine. I took it. I said, yep, of course, this isn't great. I was being stupid. But immediately, as soon as I got to Canberra, I pulled out my gratitude journal and I wrote in my journal, I'm grateful that I was only fined $252 or whatever it was. And I, I'm grateful I only lost three demerit points because the outcome could have been worse either financially or because I got into a car accident. And when I reframed that situation, it really flipped it on its head. So in this episode, I really want to talk about loss aversion and reframing things and how when we reframe a loss as a cost, it can A, minimize the regret we have from that, but it can probably also drive a much better lesson. So there's a version of me that would have, you know, five or six years ago that would have received this parking fine and it was not parking fine, a speeding fine. And I would have been fuming. I would have said, oh, you know, I've lost $250. And I would have been angry at the police officer and the, un, uh, you know, the unmarked car who 
obviously is only doing his job and naturally he's uh, enforcing road safety so I don't recommend that anybody else speeds and for me I will now have the, I've had that lesson drilled into me naturally the, the, the objective of the government finding somebody is to modify their behavior and in my case uh it will modify my behavior in the future because I will be more cautious because I know I don't just need to watch out for fixed speed cameras and mobile speed cameras where you know it's a police officer and you can see them measuring your speed. But I also now in the back of my head will always be wondering, is there an unmarked police car who's monitoring my speed right now? And so it will modify my behavior in the future. But the old version of me would have been, I think that loss would have definitely hit me very hard, you know, losing money, losing points, even though I can still drive, right? I've lost points, but it doesn't stop me from driving in the future. So, but it's that, you know, having that loss in your head is what makes you feel negative about it. And I might not have pulled out the right lesson if I was reacting to that loss, because then I would have just been angry at the police officer. I would have been thinking, well, if they hadn't have been an unmarked car, if they had just been on the road with a speed gun, I would have slowed down. That would have modified my behavior and I wouldn't have needed to have, have the fine. And it wouldn't have been a very productive thing, but I reframed it in the sense that, okay, I'm actually lucky I got caught speeding because if I had been speeding anymore and maybe I lost control of my car, that would have been extremely horrible outcome. But then even if I hadn't have crashed my car, if I'd been speeding even more than the, the speed I was going at, I could have potentially had an even higher fine and lost even more demerit points. So I took something negative and I reframed it in a way that it's beneficial for me going forward. It is now a lesson that has been embedded saying, yeah, okay, went 10 years without getting a speeding fine and all of a sudden you've been hit with one. And I can now take that lesson and say, okay, Okay, that's going to modify my behavior. And by doing that, it didn't really linger around because there would have been a version of me that ruminated on that negative event. And for those of you who don't know what ruminate means, it means to, to dwell, to keep thinking about the same thing over and over again and be stuck in a negative thought spiral. When I think about that, it's a tremendous achievement that I've been able to get to a state where I can have something that's negative, a little bit uncomfortable, like receiving a speeding fine, and I can reframe that into something positive. Now, there are other situations that more broadly, I think can be very valuable to use reframing, reframing as a tool. And what I want us to do is take something that's a loss, if we lose something, we know it's gonna hurt because as a species, we're loss averse. We've evolved to react very strongly to losing things, but society is different. Things are more abundant. And one way to reframe a loss is to view it as a cost. And so if you reframe a loss as a cost, a cost is something you might be paying, incurring a cost to learn a lesson. You might be incurring a cost to do something even better the next time around. and that's where the concept of reframing becomes very powerful. So like another regret I always have, and Kahneman also talks about regrets and thinking fast and slow, but I always had regrets about, you know, spending so much time in university. I spent about seven years, over seven years um, in university from when I started to when I finished. I did take a year off in the middle, but the time I started from the time to when I finished, spanned seven years, which is a long period of time. So most of my friends who did three or four years degrees, degrees would have started working well before me and they would have been making money for three years by the time I just graduated and got my first graduate job. So I always looked at that time as a loss because I didn't inherently at the time when I graduated, I didn't view that degree as particularly useful. It didn't really open the doors that I thought a degree was going to open for me. You know, I wasn't that special. I was just another person with another piece of paper. 
well, two pieces of paper, but it still really didn't do much for me at that time. But now that I'm a bit older, I can reframe that as a valuable lesson. And the way I've reframed that is I didn't lose time. That was a cost I incurred. And I took many valuable lessons out of that. The first is I caught up in terms of things like income and my ability to save money. I caught up very rapidly. And I realized that one of the lessons I learned from incurring that time cost was I realized that my time now is much more valuable to the point where I potentially value my present moment at a much higher valuation than somebody who had that more traditional route where they did a three to four year degree and went straight into the workforce. So I value what I have much more and therefore I can do more with it. So that's a big benefit. But then now having been out of university for a few years, I can actually see there is a value to my degree even though I don't use it. So my degree is not in software engineering, neither of them, but they are very useful now that I have them. So I still learnt lots of quantitative skills. And if anything, it's a signaling indicator to other people. And a signaling indicator is something that we use to signal our competencies. And my signaling indicator, due to the length of time it took to get them, is a very hard signaling indicator for other people to replicate. If somebody said, I wanna follow Hassi's path, starting from university, I wanna go study chemistry and chemical engineering and pharmacology, and eventually transition to software engineering, that is not a very easy or even recommended path for anyone to follow. And so even though I initially viewed that as lost time, it is actually a very costly signaling indicator for somebody else to replicate. Because it just doesn't make sense. If you want to be a software engineer, why would you go study chemistry, pharmacology, and chemical engineering? Makes absolutely no sense at all. But for whatever reason, that's the path I took to get here. And for me, it's a, cost, it's a signaling indicator that I know it probably isn't unique. There probably is somebody else out there who has a very similar track, but I know it's going to be very uncommon. So that's a definite win. And then if you're listening to this in 2023, I think there's a very valuable thing that you can reframe if you're an employee. So if you're an employee and your income comes from exchanging your labor for money, right? Which is the definition of what an employee is, right? You go to work, you spend a fixed time per day or per week, and you are given an amount of money. And in a period of high inflation, if you haven't had any wage rises, or if you've had a very small wage rise, you will have noticed that what you are able to buy with your money, with your nominal dollars, rupees, pounds, whatever currency you use, is going to be significantly less than what you could buy last year. I feel this now because even though I'm on a very good income, the fact that my wages have been very stagnant for the last 12 to 14 months means that I don't really get the same utility or I don't get access to the same level of products and services from the money I have now. So clearly I have lost something. What have I lost? I've lost purchasing power. And people feel that, people complain about that. That's why there are so many labor strikes at the moment with different professions and not just where I live, but all around the world, people are people who are subject to enterprise bargaining are out there demanding higher wages. You see this with a lot of nurses and teachers and firefighters, people who don't get to negotiate their salaries themselves. They will be generally going on strike during periods like this because their wages are falling behind. They're getting less for putting in the same amount. So they are losing something. And in my case, again, very similar situation in the sense that my wage hasn't changed for an extended period of time, but this opens a few doors for me. I can either go and negotiate, I can reframe this as this is the cost I've incurred, and now I know I need to go take action. There's a lesson I can learn from this. Rather than just being hurt and complaining and screaming, I can go and negotiate, or 
There's another way I can reframe this positively. If the real value of my wage has decreased and it hasn't kept up with inflation, it makes every other option around me look better just by default, right? If my existing compensation has declined in real terms, then there are other options available to me which are now more attractive. And there might actually be bigger benefits from me seeking those opportunities. So that's a way for me to reframe high inflation. And it's a way to reframe high inflation in a, in a, in a way that's favorable for the employee. If you know that your real wages have declined, maybe it's time for you to cut your losses and look for new opportunities. And that's a very powerful thing because it's not a way that everyone thinks. So when we have a loss, it is natural for us to have a very strong reaction to it. Why? Because we still have this primitive brain that believes we're in a world of incredible scarcity. But I know that if you have the ability to listen to this podcast, chances are you might be one of the people in the world, no matter where you are, if you have internet access and you can listen to this, that you have a certain degree of abundance that our ancestors 20 or 30,000 years ago did not have. And because you have that abundance, you can reframe these losses as costs. And if something is a cost, you are either getting a lesson from it or you are getting a product or service that is helping you do something better. So if you reframe those losses as costs, A, they become more palatable, you minimize your regret, and hopefully you reframe things by turning them upside down. You put a new perspective on it and it opens more opportunities. Even in the example, that last example I gave about high inflation, most employees who haven't had pay rises look at a high inflationary period and they say, this is horrible for us. We're losing so much. We're losing so much purchasing power. But if they reframe that, if you take a positive spin on that, well, guess what? You now have more incentive to seek opportunities. If your compensation has gone down, maybe it's time for you to do something different. And maybe that reduction in purchasing power is going to give you the drive, give you the energy, set the fire under your ass to go ahead and do something amazing. So I will end this episode there. And to all of you listening to this, I'm wishing you great success on all your endeavors. You've just made it through another episode of Monologues by Hassi. It brings me great pleasure to know that you made it to the end. To listen to more episodes, subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit monologuesbyhassi.com. Thanks for swinging by. Thank you.